Welcome back, everyone, to Wildcat Radio, the most interesting podcast in your face, covering Arizona football news, Arizona basketball news, and Arizona recruiting news. WildcatRadioAZ.com is our website. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, any podcast catcher that is out there. We are there. If you are a longtime listener of this podcast, do us a favor. Share this podcast right now. Like right now, put, put your little stupid iPhone up and then hit the share button. Um, it would be really great to have a lot of listeners as we move into Pac-12 basketball season. And as we get into the tournament, the more people we have interacting with the podcast, the more people tell me that I'm dumb, which is great. But also the more people <laughs> give us also insightful things to cover. So definitely do that. We could really appreciate it. You can also follow, follow the podcast on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. And Arizona came off a brutal, a brutal stretch against the Los Angeles schools. We're not going to cry that much over spilled milk. We're going to look forward to the future. I'm not about the past, Rob Bauer. I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about the future. <laughs> How are you, I want man? to talk about the past. Come on. <laughs> um, I'm freezing. It's I'm in Columbus, Ohio. It's freezing cold. Um, so... Yes, let's let's talk about something warm and fuzzy like Arizona basketball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, I love the fact that the Arizona football uh, Twitter handle sent out a tweet, and it was just a picture of the stadium, like in beautiful sunlight, and it said, "What polar vortex?" It's like, yes, <laughs> get it in there, man. Get that in there. Gotta get <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to think where we should start. Um, Let's start with some good news first, and then let's get to some football news and then switch back to basketball here. The the best news in the world that I have heard on Arizona basketball is that basically all of our commits, Rob, have jumped up in the rankings. Now, this is using uh, the Rivals system, so I'm waiting for 24-7. But Josh Green, Nico Manian, uh, Zeke Naji, Neaj, Neaj, I, I got to figure yeah. out how to, how to pronounce his name. I'll, I'll get it. I promise. Um, all those guys bumped up and uh, Zeke actually got that fifth star. So we now have five five-star players on the Arizona rec- recruiting. Pl- uh, what's that? We have three five-stars, right? Did I say five? five? Yes. We're going to have five, Rob. We're going to have five. No, no, we, have, <laughs> <laughs> we have three five-star players on the next year's recruiting class. And that's pretty exciting. What do you think? No, uh, it's excellent. I mean, this is excellent news. I mean, I, I think part of getting through this year is thinking about uh, this recruiting class coming in for next year. So you have players like Josh Green. So let's go through the rankings here. Josh Green is the number 12 player in the country, the number two shooting guard on the national uh, scene. You have Nico Mannion, who, I mean, I just am seeing over and over and over again. Here's here's the problem too, Rob, with breaking down college basketball prospects is often said college basketball prospects are playing against people like you and I, and you're at least tall. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> so, so when you see Nico Mania just ball up and I know he's really good, he's the number three point guard in the country. He's going to be awesome. I'm very excited about him, but it is hard sometimes to, to dig really deep into these prospects and break them down. I think what I'm going to do is take a look at a draft express with some of the better Arizona prospects. This is a promise I'm making to our listeners. I'm going to do that because when I did that with DeAndre Ayton, I had a really good idea of what he was by the time we started really breaking
breaking down that recruiting class. So just know that that that's coming, but it is difficult because people are like, Oh, look at Nico Manny. He just drilled this guy in, you know, in, in his face and, and the player he's playing is like a, you know, six, one white guy and Nico Manny's just dropping dimes on him and stuff. So it's, it's, uh-huh. it's hard because you, most of the, the, a lot of the tape that gets put out there is <clears throat> from when they're playing high school or when they get matched up against, um, you know, an AAU team that's clearly overmatched and you, you don't see as much of the tape from, you know, the, the obviously you're not going to fill your highlight reel with like, Oh, I had a pretty good game against this other like star prospect. Um, and that's, there, there's there, there's often not not as much defense played at this level as you really like. So, um, yeah, it, it can be it can be tough to evaluate. Um, I mean, it's it's a bit true in football too. I mean, there's did you see there was a somebody somebody tweeted out pictures of if you want to see how hilarious it can be to try to evaluate football prospects or prospects in general in high school, look up Jonathan Ogden in high school. He was like he was like six nine, three hundred pounds in high school. He just looks. He looks like he's playing with like midget football players. Like, how do you even evaluate Jonathan Ogden? Like, <laughs> it's hard. You get on that field yourself, and then and then you feel it. Uh, right. No, I, I thought it was good. I mean, like, obviously having Zeke. I'm just gonna call him Zeke right now. The number thirty prospect in the country, the number nine power forward in the country. So we have three top thirty players now in the Arizona basketball program. We'll definitely check in on all of those. I'm sure they're all on Draft Express. The other thing to keep a lookout for, maybe I'll take a look at this on YouTube, would be the like the Peach Jam. Oh, darn it, uh, the NCAA killed that <laughs> no like all, all of those aau tournaments where you actually had good players playing good players and that's why they always held them in vegas and you'd always have people like gary Parrish go down and actually watch them one-on-one if you want to crowdfund that do it guys we'll, we'll go down we'll go down to vegas and watch a uh, nico Mannion ball yeah. up <laughs> uh so well, mm-hmm. the, the news today was uh miller said he may add a, they will look to add a sixth player in the class oh well uh, that's what Manuel Lacott will do sign. to you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they definitely have space on the roster uh some of the other players terry armstrong's the number 60 player now according to rivals in the country he's the number 15 small forward and christian coloco is the 26 number 26 center in the country and then of course nico Mannion and josh green mcdonald's all americans just announced so congratulations to them It'll be really fun to watch them uh join the ranks of mcdonald's all americans that have played for the arizona basketball program Rob, of all these players, who are you most excited about? I mean, I'm most excited about Mannion. I mean, he's just his the, the highlights and and everyone that you know from the Phoenix area that I've talked to about him just says he's he's the truth, if you will. Um, and uh, I think Arizona could definitely. There's Coleman's played well, you know, for, for what we've had from him, but uh, I, I do think you know, like Mannion could could make a big difference in how this team operates. It's really fascinating to see what happens when you have a good point guard that is transcendent. Like TJ McConnell's a perfect example. That guy played hard on both ends of the court and had a feel for the court. And it was really fun to watch him play. And that offense moved so much better when you have somebody that is able to distribute and also know when to score and then goes down on defense. He's clearly a leader on that team. And we don't quite have that with Williams right now. I'm hoping that he develops into that, but having Mannion there uh, to to push and i would assume that williams moves over to the two spot so a lot of a lot of shifting around that we'll definitely see in the coming year but we are we are not in that year rob we are in the year of uh, our lord 2019 and uh, this is a year where arizona lost 57 to 80 to usc and (laughs) 69 nice 69 to 90 to ucla uh just back to back 
blowouts, and obviously Chase Jeter wasn't on the court, Rob. But you watched both of these games. Um, what did you? Let's start with the USC game. What did you think of that? Because that that team, I I bet on USC. I assumed they were going to win that game. I think the line was like, I think it was one and a half. It was a stupid line. And they ended up winning by 27 or 23 points. So how, how did that happen? I mean, Arizona was completely dysfunctional offensively. Uh, I mean, I, I, there's just no, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, Arizona could not, without Jeter in there, they were, they were unable to get anything really going inside. And then with the zone, like the Arizona's, Arizona was not able to, to, to hit shots. And with the zone, you, you either have to be able to get the ball inside you have to be able to hit shots when you drive in and the, and the zone collapses. And Arizona right now just doesn't look like a team that can hit even reasonably open threes. And, and that's got to change. I mean, obviously, it, <laughs> we've had this problem for a while. Um, I know that this team is not as talented. When you look at the box score, oh, my gosh, 5 for 25 from 3, 20 of 72 from the field. Holy Moses, that is real br- real brutal. Yeah. And then I think the problem here right now, Rob, is you have players like Ryan Luther, who I think Miller and, and Arizona fans were – we're assuming was going to fill that three spot, right? He's a stretch, stretch four. He's going to be able to hit some threes. He's going to be able to, to put some points on the board. And he's really struggled. He's had a couple good games, but um, he and the Dylan Smith has just been, uh, I mean, at least Smith has had a couple more good games than Luther has, but certainly Smith has been up and down and Randolph is turning more into a volume shooter rather than a, uh, <laughs> uh, right. well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, Will. I always get Randolph and Williams mixed up. So I apologize. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, Randolph Randolph, like he'll have some games where he's on fire. He's Arizona's leading point score. He's averaging about 16 a game, but he really has to jack up a lot of shots to get there. And that's not what you want in a player like that. No, I mean Arizona has had efficient offenses with the last couple of years with Aiton and Markinen. Really, I mean um, Aiton, of course, when you're that big and that dominant offensively, like it's pretty easy to get a lot of buckets when you're that close to the hoop and you're seven some feet tall and happen to also be explosively athletic. Um, Markinen, just phenomenal all around talented shooter. Arizona has nothing like that at the moment. I mean, they, there's there's no easy buckets to be found near the hoop. Luther. You expected him, like as we thought, like we kind of expected him to be a stretch four. The problem is he's not a great stretch four, and he also doesn't really play up to his height, <laughs> um, either offensively or defensively. Um, so he doesn't give you much down low, and he he hasn't really proved to be that that great of a shooter, um, you know, from any kind of distance. So it Arizona is a, a team that really you, you could see in that that both games they were they were trying to work out some spacing. Um, but none of it was really working. And when the shots, I mean, if your spacing's good, it it doesn't matter if the shots aren't falling. And when you think of Chase Jeter not being on the court, obviously I knew that like Nick Reykjavich was going to be a problem, but he rubbed Arizona's face in poop, like all over, like all over the house. (laughs) 13 for 70. He shot 17 shots at 13 of them for 27 points and 12 rebounds. Like that that guy had a heck of a game and you kind of figured that that would happen. I mean, we are real small, real small with that Chase Jeter. My frustration sometimes with Arizona fans is that we'll talk about Chase Jeter as if he's the second coming and he's like he's fine and and he certainly would have made an impact on this game i think he has turned out to be a better player than i anticipated and i i've had decent hopes for him being a good player for arizona but he certainly is better than that but i'm not certain if he's a a transformational player that arizona fans someday oh well if nick if uh 
if Jeter was in this game, things would have been different. Yeah, they would have been different. But with our shooting, I still think that we lose this game by a significant amount. And yeah. uh, and that might be the case against ASU, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But anything else on, on this game? I mean, just the, the shooting says it all for Arizona. But anything else we should mention? I mean, in, in both of these cases, like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, UC, USC and UCLA are bad. <laughs> these are not good basketball. I mean, UCLA lost at home. To, was it was it, they lost it over to Liberty? Um, the Flames, the Fighting Flames. They have Liberty on their side. Everyone loses the Liberty, Rob. I mean, it's just not. The Germans lost the Liberty. <laughs> true, true. But um, I mean that this is this isn't like you went in and like you just got upended by you know like the uh, you know like a, a UCLA team of old and like you know some sneaky good you know like paid under the table. Um, USC team where uh, what was the guy Tim uh, oh, oh Tim Floyd my man yeah Tim Floyd I mean like <laughs> some, some some team of team of blue chips that Tim Floyd somehow somehow assembled uh, at USC I just it's I mean Arizona showed up and uh, they didn't I mean I guess it's just it's it's a little frustrating yeah the shots aren't falling but you, you I guess you when you looked at it like you didn't feel like Sean Miller really had any answers either um offensively to, to really try to get the team going um, or, you know, anything that like it's, you can play small ball. I mean, some teams, uh, some teams are, are, are good enough to do that. Arizona just, just isn't. I mean, like you could put four guards on the floor and they're not going to make shots. One shout out to Ira Lee, who is coming along real nicely. Yeah. 12 points, seven rebounds and assists, two blocks and only one foul, Rob. That was the, that was the key metric with that stat line for Lee, right? Yeah, I mean, he if he can stay out of foul trouble, I mean, he's he, he can stay on the court. You know, when we were talking about all the players that Arizona would have this year, just the progression of Lee over the last even couple of weeks, like for me, it's been real surprising and real fun to watch because he at the beginning of this year just had no confidence and obviously he had a lot of stuff going on personally but man <laughs> that guy had so many fouls and was all over the place and just making silly decisions and he's really changed that now uh, against UCLA that changed a little bit for personal fouls but he still had seven rebounds and 11 points so shouts to him he had a pretty good uh, trip down to LA but really he was the only one we go to the UCLA game I guess you you can argue that Brandon Williams had a decent game and I know I have to be a uh, honest like i didn't watch this game i was out with some friends um but i (laughs) I checked the scores but yep that's about right and then continued drinking wine with friends but i know rob that you watched this game what uh why did we get blown out by ucla it wasn't i mean frankly it wasn't any different than the usc game other than like ucla did not have like dominant inside a dominant inside presence that was just rubbing your face in it like the, how UCLA got their points was a bit different. How Arizona did not put up points was exactly the same. I mean, UCLA and, and USC basically played the same zone, and Arizona was powerless um, to put up points. So I would push back a little bit on UCLA and USC being bad teams. I agree with you that like that statistically, and I want to, and I'm running <laughs> in the grand national scheme of things. There, <laughs> neither of these teams are in danger of going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, there we go. I, I think the point that I would make is that they are 
they have athletes and talented players on this team, but they're not good cohesive units as a team. So, and UCLA is a perfect example. Moses Brown, uh, Chris Wilkes is quite good. Jalen Hands, uh, Prince Ali is like okay. I mean, there, there's a lot of five star, four star talent on this team. The problem yeah. is that you didn't have a coach that could put them together. Now you have an interim coach trying to put them together, and they've really fallen back to earth. But Chris, Chris Wilkes is certainly the star on this team. I know Moses Brown with his tiny little shorts is uh, is the visual star. <laughs> <laughs> as it were and he was certainly uh, shoving those legs around he had 15 rebounds and 11 points so he was scooping up the rebounds but chris wilkes was 12 for 16 from florida five from seven from three that's insane man 34 points and nobody could stop him yeah uh, i mean arizona did not have a great defensive performance and i mean they they gave away a lot of reasonably fast i mean when you miss that many shots you're going to give up some breaks um and arizona gave up a lot of points in transition pretty easy ones well, let's move on. You know, wanted to at least cover all the bad stuff that happened and, you know, good times over there. Uh, I think the key is this game against the ASU Sun Devils. We're on the road at Tempe on Thursday. Arizona Rob is a five and a half point dog on the road. What do you think of that line? I mean, if Chase Jeter plays, that might even be about right. I mean, this ASU team isn't great, but like they're they played better than this Arizona team has this year. Do you have the advanced metrics on the teams? Let me pull up. Um, In full disclosure, this isn't beta rank, so we're not making a new <laughs> system. I don't think Rob has I am it. not. I like Ken Palm. Um, he's been at it a while. I am not going to generate a basketball beta rank uh, <laughs> anytime soon. So Arizona State comes in at uh, 56 in Ken Palm. Um, they're at number 86 uh, in adjusted offensive efficiency and number 55 on defense. Um, Arizona, after its uh, most recent trip, is number 64 in Ken Palm. Uh, they're at 137 on offense and 43 on defense. Um, so it's, it's – I, mean, I guess you could look at it and say, like, it's, it's really going to come down to Arizona's offensive performance probably in this game. There's a lot of fun players on this ASU team, though, like – Dort yes. is is super fun. Now he is struggling from three, and he jacks a lot of them. And at the beginning of the year, this is somebody that had a huge breakout and like and could have been freshman of the year and all that stuff. And he's kind of fallen down to earth, but he's still quite good. Uh, Lugan had his Dort, uh, right? He's six four, two fifteen. He looks he looks like Raleigh Alkins in the, in the sense of his body shape. Like, and he plays with power. He play, he kind of shoves his, his weight around a little bit. He plays bigger than he is. Um, with that said, he is quite big and he, when he's on, he's really fun. He's going to be difficult to guard. I'm curious to see who has the size to, to go with him. Cause he can be a bowling ball when he goes to the, the hoop. Who do you think, who do you think Arizona's going to put on him? I mean, you, you, you'd have to put like Williams, right? I mean, like if he's got the, you know, do you think he's got the speed and the the size to stay with him? I mean, it just gets tough though. I mean, like he's he's such a big bull of a guy, but he's so quick too. Yeah, it's it's really fun. So he'll uh, he's averaging 16 points a game. Again, his three point shot has faded, but he's still quite uh, a force on the court. Remy Martin has really come into himself. He he's been on, he's been on this team it seems like forever, but he's the point guard now, averaging about 12 points a game and five assists with only two turnovers. His his three-point shot isn't great he's averaging about 30 points a game but one of the things that's been fun and if you i follow a lot of asu 
Uh, I mean, I follow all the basketball, you know, Twitter folks, and, and they'll tweet out stuff. One of the things I think if you were to ask an ASU fan, all 10 of them that, like, watch this team, uh, they would highlight how Remy Martin has been able to distribute the ball at a much higher and more efficient rate recently. So I think we're getting him at, like, the worst possible time if you're an Arizona fan because he could carve up this defense if we don't pay attention, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's been able to, to move the ball around. Um, they're, the San Diego State transfer Island. Uh, Cheatham. last time. Cheatham. I mean, like he's been he's been doing better. Getting like as Remy Martin has been able to distribute the ball better. Like his numbers have gotten better too. Yeah, Cheatham's awesome, by the way. So he's averaging eleven and ten. Um, Almost twelve and ten, and he's an like a, a legit NBA prospect who is a transfer, like you mentioned, Rob from San Diego State, six eight two twenty. I think one of the things that uh, has made me nervous. So at the beginning of the year on our Slack channel, I basically said three, two things. Uh, I thought USC would win the Pac twelve. Probably wrong there. Not going to lie, probably wrong. <laughs> but I also thought that ASU would sweep Arizona this year, and the reason was. I think this is a much more complete team than what you saw last year. Obviously, ASU skyrocketed up to number one. They had the guard, you know, the guard U and all that crap, which was ridiculous, but they had it. Okay, whatever. Um, they did have some decent guards, and then those guards fell back to earth. The problem with ASU last year is they didn't have the size, and this year they do. Now, they're not like seven-footers, but you at least have a lot of six, seven, six, eight, six, nine players on the court, and that wasn't the case last year. And the one guy you really need to look out for is Cheatham. Um, he has been uh, on, a man on fire. So he's, again, like I mentioned, averaging 12 points a game. I mean, there's other people to look out for here, like Tayshawn Cherry and Romella White are players that have some size and can uh, can yeah. give Arizona fits, particularly because this Arizona team isn't small this year out. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough thing. I mean, even if ASU, even if you looked at these guys and said, oh, yeah, they've got a little more size, you know, and they're a bit more of a complete team, like Arizona is not. And Arizona is really struggling inside right now. Um, so if you are able to put up any kind of points in the paint, like you're probably looking at your chops getting this Arizona team right now and having, you know, Ryan Luther guard you. Yeah, and I apologize about the uh, <laughs> the Cheatham stuff. So he's only shot like 17, which was kind of where I, I had assumed. But I was, as I'm talking, I'm going, am I wrong <laughs> on this? I'm not <laughs> uh, You know, Tayshawn Cherry is a five-star commit that ended up committing to Arizona. He's 6'8", 210. Uh, Romello White, 6'8", 235. So again, right, like in that kind of area yeah. where at least, they, at least they have those players this year where they didn't last time. And, you know, they're not going to, you know, they could go nuts, but they on on average have not but there's just enough to shove arizona around i think ira lee's gonna have a lot of fouls in this game unless he keeps his head on which he could um and if he does like if ira lee has three fouls in this game and like 10 points and five or like five rebounds or or seven rebounds send that man flowers that that is a really good game for him because he's going to be challenged probably more so than he's been with most of the other teams that he's played um i frankly rob like i think we're going to get I think we're going to lose by more than 10. If they had odds where I could get more money for for giving those points, I would do it. I just don't think we have the horses to run with them. The only scenario I can see where we are, are competitive is if we're hitting those three-point shots on the road in a tough environment with Bobby Hurley making Bobby Hurley faces. And, and maybe maybe he's the key. Uh, but it's, it's really going to be tough to figure out how Arizona can get to a point where they can win against a decent team that plays okay defense in a hostile environment. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think this matches up well for Arizona. I mean, it's it's unlikely that Arizona's shooting woes continue as they were, but Arizona, I think, would have to get on just a massive shooting hot streak uh, 
to really be able to stay with ASU in this game. And I just, I don't think that that's going to quite work out for them. I, I think Arizona is a, di- a different defensive team without Chase Jeter in there. Um, and I think Arizona is just a, a, a bit of an unwatchable offensive team, even with Chase Jeter in there. Yeah. And yeah, if we get Cheater, if I get Cheater, if we get Jeter, <laughs> Freudian slip, uh, we are likely going to, I mean, I still think we lose by seven. I, I just don't. Five yeah. and a half is, uh, and it started at five, which was even crazier. And I was at like Whole Foods working and I didn't have my, <laughs> the right computer with the right passwords. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I missed that on that half point. But um, look, if Arizona wins this game, that, that'd be all. I mean, I want them to win, obviously. Yeah. We've, we've been pretty negative. But if Arizona wins this game, that would be a huge team win and a really big coaching uh, coup for Sean Miller to be on the road and be able to do that with the, with the team that he has right now. So um, let's keep that in our let's light a candle everyone and uh, <laughs> if, if miller can motivate the, like these are still college kids like <clears throat> motivation matters um in college more than in the pros so i mean if miller can get these you know get these kids amped up um and 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 get them ready to play like in some ways like it's the it's their super bowl like yeah they could show up and win and um it would be a it would be almost like a, a signature win for miller this season yeah, well, let's move on to some fun news. David, uh, Damon Stoudemire tweeted, <laughs> and it was great. He said, guy in airport said he went to U of A and enjoyed watching me play. Then said, I almost hit him with my BMW by the stadium in 1993. Finished with, I never seen a college team have so many nice guys with nice whips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, my favorite story about Lute Olson back in the day was, uh, and not even back in the day, it's probably like 10 years ago, was the Ponzi scheme that happened in Houston. Did you hear the story, Rob? No. Okay, so there is a, um, a an AAU coach who um, was also running, and it was like one of the biggest AAU teams in the country, and I I want to say Juwan McClellan went to that school, who was a five-star player, played for Arizona for four years. Um he had one of the best Houston AAU programs in the country. He also happened to be a financial advisor, Rob. You know, who, who would have guessed? Who would have thought that uh, he oh, was so multi-talented? Never, never trust someone that there's a financial advisor on the side. <laughs> on the side. And he was running a Ponzi scheme. And uh, and this is, is, is in the news. If you look it up right now, look up Ponzi scheme, and you can type in either Lute Olson or Billy Donovan or like eight other coaches. But basically, he goes under. Everybody loses the money, and it's this big public story. And, and there's like five to eight major coaches that were investors in his financial scheme oh. <laughs> that got taken. I uh, wonder why that happened. He must have really known uh, which stocks to pick. Right. Robert right. Like, that. yes, he was, he had a huge reputation as an excellent, um, he was the Bernie Madoff of Houston. <laughs> Look, I, I love Lou Olson. Like I, I've met presidents and uh, I, I have a job where I, I meet a lot of people that, that are much more important than I am. Uh, the only person that I have met where I was speechless was meeting Lute Olson on the university of Arizona as a freshman. And I, I basically, uh, my teacher knew him. He coached with him when they were at long beach. And basically I, I said, uh, Mr. Olson, ugh, just word vomit all <laughs> over the steps of the library. And, uh, and I love the way that he coaches really fun. Um, had a great time. Um, I'm all that to say, you know, like sometimes you got to crack some uh, eggs to make an omelet. And, uh, we probably did that back in the day as well too. Um, but anyway, I thought that was a fun tweet. Anything well, I else? just, I didn't understand. Like there were some UCLA fans that were being like smarmy about like UCLA, like, Oh, Arizona paid players. And I was like, dude, you guys got 
busted with that Obama. Like, get out. (laughs) So come on. So Bruins Nation, which is the SB Nation site for um, for UCLA, and and I actually like them. I think that they're they're a feisty uh, Twitter follow, but they're not like jerks. Whereas the Gojo Bruin guys are are jerks. Um, uh, The SB Nation guys had tweeted that out, and I tweeted at, at them basically saying. One, you're probably right. And B, you had the Ball family on campus for like three right. years. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Do we want to talk about the the FBI stuff now? Let's. I mean, speaking of uh, pain and all this stuff, let, let's get a little <laughs> bit into the FBI uh, stuff. So right now, Rob, you and I are going through and we're, and we're writing a an article that kind of highlights the fact that, yes, Book Richardson is uh, – has pleaded guilty and he's not going to cooperate as part of his plea bargain, which is great. That is good news for Arizona. I think the one thing that you and I have some issues with Rob are people that are out there publicly saying that Arizona is in the clear on this. And I don't think that's the case. Um, we're going to really go, we're going to take a deep dive into this because I think it's ridiculous that the rest of, uh, the Tucson media hasn't really done. I mean, there's been a couple pieces about it here and there, but it's not no, nothing has been put together in a way that's super readable and be like, Hey y'all, like this isn't, this isn't over yet. So did you want to, you know, give the real quick breakdown of where we're coming from? Yeah. I mean, some of this comes out of not, not just book Richardson. Um, another one of the assistants pled out today, I think out of the assistants, I think there's only one more assistant who hasn't taken a plea deal yet. Uh, in the second case, the first case is already, um, completed and, uh, is going to appeal. And those were all guilty plea or a, a guilty verdict. So, um, but what I, I think we go through here, Wait, let um, me back you up. So they're appealing it. Yeah. So there are appeal like, so that, that, and that in itself Good. is interesting. They should. Well, they, they should appeal, yes, but um, it's interesting because they weren't, and we, we cover this here, uh, is that like the judge in the first case did not give the defense a lot of latitude. Um, and in in the appeals, there may be more latitude, but like basically like the, everyone is going around already now. And I think they're assuming that because the NCAA, they haven't heard anything from the NCAA. So they're just kind of assuming like, oh, well, you know, no smoke, no fire. And that's wrong. um, the NCAA was asked by federal prosecutors to basically lay off until the case is completed. Um, and then the NCAA and as an understanding that they're going to get access to all of the materials that the FBI and the federal prosecutors have collected. Um, so uh, we walk through basically like, here's, here's what is probably like, here's what we know is out there from the cases. Here's what lawyers have, associated with the cases have intimated is out there. And then here's what the defendants already know. I mean, likely know that could, could come out as well. Um, and we walk through the, the timelines of when this could come out. Um, if it does come out before the case is complete, who will act on it um, and how they might act on it. Um, and then like that we, we should expect, um, you know, NCAA action at some point. So um, we'll walk through that pretty extensively. I, and I think we, I think we do a good job uh, sort of breaking it down, explaining and, and giving it in a, in a format that uh, is easy to understand um, and sort of like what the ins and outs are. Yeah. And I mean, all this to say, I hope, I hope they don't <laughs> like we're right. not, we're not rooting for this, but we also want to be realists. I think that's the thing that drives me nuts right now is that there's a lot of people that, and we put this in the piece, but basically uh, Matt Schlebach or Mark Schlebach or wh- wh- that you Mark that, Schlebach. Schlebach, um, 
that piece could be wrong and we can still be in trouble. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. There are phone right. records and uh, and cell phone like tracking and recorded conversations and which are wiretaps that that are between coaches and we don't know. And the thing, Rob, that makes me the most nervous is I was listening to Gary Parrish's podcast and they they cover this stuff real well. They've done a really good job of kind of highlighting like, look, this is what's happening. It's not a this you know this team is in trouble. It's just more here's what's going on with the case. And one of the things that was really nerve wracking was that with a lot of these players that were accused of taking money or asking for money, Arizona was like basically brought up in every one of them as as teams that were pursuing them. Now, does that mean that we are paying them? No, but does that, does that put us in a pool of other people over and over again that were pursuing players that were asking for money? Yes. And, the NCAA doesn't need to be the FBI to start right. to start cracking down on that, right? And there's and, and that's the other. I mean, I, I think people sort of they misunderstand a couple of things. They think that because the NCAA hasn't done anything yet, that nothing yet is going to happen. Um, and they also think that uh, that they're the same evidentiary standards, and they're not. Like the NCAA has a very different standard of what a violation is than what the FBI has what a crime is, um, and. They also have very different evidentiary standards on, I mean, like what the FBI needs to bring a case versus what the NCAA needs to hit you with sanctions and, and hit you with infractions. So, um, this, we, we do walk, we do walk through that. I, I just think that there's been a, there's been a lot of misconception out there. And, um, I w- we did want to sort of clear that up because I think a lot of people right now are, are operating under the assumption that this is sort of like, oh, with these, you know, these, the, the guilty verdicts are already in in the first case. And most of the assistant coaches have already pled out in the, in the second round of cases. Um, and so like that, that, that wraps it up and we can all move on to the next season. And like, if you're a basketball fan of Arizona, if you're a basketball fan of any school that was in the past or is currently signed with Adidas, um, or like depending on some scenarios, if you just like one of the you know top forty college basketball programs, if you're a fan of one of those, like the really the stuff that you're most worried about hasn't happened yet, um, and, and and it's coming, like it's really coming, like the the ride is going to get more bumpy. The other thing that one more thing before we move on is that people have responded to some of the stuff that we've been talking about by saying, well, the NCA would have to go after a lot of folks. Yeah. Like, and and my, my hope is that they do like, right. It's not just Arizona, Kansas. If they're going to open the door in Arizona, Kansas, they're likely going to open the door in a lot of folks. Um, Mm -hmm. And if they have to make that decision, they might back off a little bit. Uh, The biggest worry for Arizona fans is if they decide to pull a USC where they just point out one or two programs. And, and totally right. are ridiculous about it, where obviously all this other stuff is happening in different schools. But the NCAA, to make an example, pulls out a couple schools and says, you are going to be like, here are the, the penalties for you. Don't nobody else do this. OK, nobody do that. Right. Um, that which could also happen. That'd be like the worst case scenario. Best case scenario. Um, nothing happens. Second best case scenario is that there's like 40 different programs. And the NCAA has to have a come to Jesus moment where there's like yeah. real reforms yeah. on what they actually are doing. So I mean, like the worst the worst case scenario is the NCAA basically takes the evidence they have against the Adidas schools and like so take your top Adidas schools Louisville Kansas um, and some others and you know also the schools that were trying to recruit prospects that may have gone through Dawkins and sued and Arizona it looks like from phone records and like is in there um, and decides to make an example out of those schools and doesn't go after 
the larger question. Like in, I mean, in this, like, there's, there's people are talking about how much Adidas was willing to pay Zion Williams to go to an Adidas school, right? Zion Williams ended up at Duke, we all know. How'd that happen, huh? <laughs> right, I mean, like, we should not, like, if, if, if Rick Pitino is giving out, like, I, I've said this from the beginning, if, if Rick Pitino is giving out, like, Rick Pitino, national championship coach, sends tons of players to the NBA, one of the most respected coaches in college basketball, if he is handing out six-figure handshakes to come to Louisville, nobody's going to Kentucky for free. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> right, I mean, like, it just, it, 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 beggars belief that anyone would buy that yeah yeah so and again all that can be completely separate from what schlabach was reporting right. i think that's the like the biggest the, <laughs> the worst thing espn could have done was uh was get that story wrong and i do think that they i think they got I, they got portions of that story wrong i believe that i think we have a disagreement on that we'll talk about that in the next podcast but i do think that they got some stuff wrong which allowed sean miller to say certain things during his press conference and i'm in politics yes. like i am so used to reading what people aren't saying when they talk <laughs> and like that that entire press conference was very carefully worded uh to reflect what the things that were missed in that that espn story so well, I, we don't want to like i like i think next week we should once we publish this and we're we're I, we we should do a walkthrough like i mean in a podcast you know and um if you read i mean like we're, we're planning to hope to have it out on friday um so by all means like uh follow on twitter and 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 find the article there um and and shoot us questions um complaints nasty remarks you know like you're an idiot that kind of thing like if you have disagreements bring them up um because i mean we'll, we'll happily address them there and we'll i will also be happy to to to, to take this up in a podcast because i think this is really important and interesting um and i just i don't think i i there's so like arizona could come out of this totally scot-free but there's just so much smoke as like Gary Parrish pointed out. Like, I mean, there's just so much smoke around Arizona. Like I would just be surprised if there's not something sitting in an evidence locker that hasn't been introduced yet. That is pretty damning. Yeah. And we, and we hope we win the national title like next year and have a bunch of awesome players and that can, you know, sling the ball around and stuff. That'd be fun. Uh, but we also want to point out the other stuff. All right, let's, let's move on to football because we've uh, spent about 10 minutes on that other story. So we lost a couple of players, Rob, to the transfer port transfer portal, the transfer portal. That's tough to say. (laughs) It's like Star Trek. They've been beamed out of Arizona and (laughs) And into the frigid, frigid cold of whatever Big Ten school they decide to play for if they (laughs) so choose. Uh, Who who are the players that we lost this week? I mean, the big ones this week, I mean, it's two offensive linemen. um, And one of them, it's, I mean, there's like, it's Michael Eltise. So that's a big story. I mean, he he was probably, I mean, at least for the late Rich Rod recruiting classes like he was the biggest recruit that rich rod signed um at least as far as rankings go um and he he i mean a lot of it is that he had you know three offensive line coaches in his time in arizona um but he he was passed this year he started early and and kind of you know fell down on the depth chart and, and he played in a lot of games but didn't start um and uh, that's a that's a big thing because like as we talked about coming into to last year like Arizona didn't have a lot of depth on the line um, and then also is uh, Lacusa um, 
the Lucusas also transferring. Um, and he was, he's only been here. He's been here two years. He's been eligible for one. He was the Michigan state transfer. Um, he started for three games until freak got uh, healthy or was allowed to come back by uh, the NCAA and didn't, he played in all 12 games, but didn't, uh, didn't start after that. So, um, you would think with, uh, freak, graduating that they would basically these guys might stick around and compete for the spot i think the writing might have been a bit on the wall uh folks folks have been sort of pointing at the jc guys coming in and i think some of that's valid but i think the the robert congle who's been on campus and been practicing with the team this year uh waiting to become eligible to texas a&m transfer could be a, a, a big reason why these guys decided to transfer out that it looked like Congle was going to get that last starting spot on the line. Yeah. A couple of things on that. The first is shouts to Elatise and the family. I know that I think it's dad. Oh, fo- follows. Kid. Yeah. I think yeah. he, he'd like no complaints. I don't think there's anything that's come out from the program. looks like he, he did his time at Arizona. The one thing that I'd argue though, is like, I know he's had three offensive line coach, but two of them were excellent. Like the, the line coach yeah. that left when Richrod left was really good. And, um, and then the other one went to Oregon state who was also really good. And, um, uh, and obviously you had Joe Gilbert who, uh, who did an excellent job with the line this year. With that said, three coaches back to back to back. That is uh, pretty hardcore. Um, a four star recruit. He was the number 18 guard in the country when he first committed to Arizona with offers from Alabama and basically everybody else in the world. Um, I think LTC's dad follows us on Twitter. So best of luck to him and to, uh, Michael. And I really do hope that they find a good spot. Um, the other thing would be the depth. You know, when we talk yeah. and we do our reviews about these different programs, it seems like people People are kind of uh, shrugging off the fact that we lost two big, fairly talented offensive linemen on this team. And and that that is bad because those are your two guys that come in that are able to fill those gaps. And like, that's what makes a good team. And we just lost probably if you were to make a checklist of who are the best backup uh, offensive linemen on the team, it would be Elatise and Lacusa. And they are now gone. And I know we have the Juco players coming in, but that's still, Rob, I, I, that is a yeah. worrisome uh, front on my end. Yeah, I mean, I was worried coming into this last year with depth. And Arizona, for the most part, all the lines got lucky injury-wise. Um, so it's 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 a big concern again. I mean, it's basically like you you if you were someone in company, you kind of felt like by adding the two JUCO players and then um, the one in-state offensive lineman who was coming in as a true freshman, you kind of felt like you had added enough depth, um, and then it all gets wiped out. <laughs> You know, um, and it's not, I mean, there, there, there is some conversation like, all right, like, I mean, uh, that maybe that they can go out and try to find some grad transfers. I mean, the Arizona signed a, a big enough class that they got up to the scholarship limit, but the, with the way these transfers work, Arizona may struggle to have a scholarship available for somebody, um, you know, cause these, these scholarships, I mean, these guys may not roll off until next year so. Um, Arizona may not be able to pick up a grad transfer and be able to fill those spots. We'll see. Bummer, man. Uh, there's been a lot of other players that have transferred, but let's talk about a player that we just picked up, another quarterback round. Oh, oh, and yeah, the other for- thing, and I should mention before we talk about the one that we picked up, Kahari Lane just entered the, entered the transfer portal oh, as well. Oh, the red rifle. <laughs> uh, Transferred to a JUCO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, don't, I guess he doesn't get to enter the portal. I wish he did. I wish he get in the portal, then go. Kahari. <laughs> um, no, I mean in Arizona. I mean this is the other part is, and it's worth saying is like this isn't this isn't unexpected. I mean when when you get a new coach on, and in particular these, it's a it is a little, and this is a positive. I think this is 
this is something I support. You should always make life better for the players. They're not getting paid. Um, so for players, like having more information, being able to more easily transfer and find playing time is a good thing. Um, and it should also, in theory, benefit a school like Arizona. Um, but I, I, you know, like these when you have a new coaching staff come on, like you do see a lot of transfers. I mean, if you want to see a lot of transfers, look at who left UCLA. Um, you know, but Arizona's Arizona's, you know, lost, I think six guys to transfer now this season. Something like that. A little bit more. I think we might be up to seven, seven, seven now with Lacusa. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like, yeah, like you mentioned, or, or you mentioned UCLA. I'd mentioned USC, like, Holy Moses. Those, those players, Ooh. those players are players you don't want to lose. And, and obviously we don't want to lose Latisse and uh, Lacusa, but ooh, Moses. So what's going on there at USC? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But t- tell us about this new quarterback that just committed. So uh, it is a plumber. He is a um, he's a, a quarterback, three star quarterback out of Gilbert, Arizona. So that's twenty four sevens current ranking of him. Um, they have him as the six hundred and sixty sixth player in the country. So oh, kudos to that. Like <laughs> um, he's a he's he's a big kid. Um, I think he comes in at like. Just uh, just over six foot and two hundred five pounds, and when you see what like I watched his uh, his huddle film, um, he definitely stands out. He looks like a big kid on the on uh, on the field. He's got a good arm. Uh, if you like, everybody of course everybody looks good on their highlight tape. It's a highlight tape. Um, he on the highlight tape like he t- he has a, a lot of his highlights. He's taking he's taking pressure, and so he's often throwing off his back foot. Um, but still making big throws. The the thing I'd like to see um, when you when you do see him actually stepping into throws, he is able to put some zip on the ball. But we'll we'll see. You, there, there's a lot more throws in here where he's not transitioning his weight over to his front foot. So um, you'd like to see him come into his year his uh, his senior year in Gilbert. Um, <clears throat> And have a good year, and maybe climb up the rankings a little bit. Uh, I do what I do really like in his offer sheet. Actually, is that there's there's two schools in there which I think are good ones to see for a quarterback, and that is Oklahoma State had also offered, mm-hmm. and Duke. And David Cutliffe, who is Duke's head coach, is a phenomenal developer of quarterbacks, and that is not a bad uh, team to also see to have offered your uh, quarterback that just committed. I also saw that Colorado offered him. He could be the next Montez. <laughs> he could be oh, the next, man. the full Montez. You gotta get, you gotta get some pizza. I mean, pizza. I don't know what we call yeah. him. We call him something. something but hey, welcome, Will Plummer. Excited to have you. Six one, two hundred pounds, like you mentioned, Air, uh, Oklahoma. Oregon State was the other one that uh, also offered him Oregon State. And I think North Texas, which has uh, had Graham Harrell as its uh, offensive coordinator. So, yeah, I think there's some. Yeah, it just moved over. So I I do think that there were some pretty good offers, like you mentioned, in terms of developing these uh, quarterbacks that are a little bit off the radar. Anything else we should cover on football? Uh, I mean, we're still waiting on the offensive line coach. Like, come on. Like, (laughs) get an O-line coach. Uh, maybe that's why the two guys left. You never know. You never know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like that's the, and it's, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's just such an important hire. Like I'm just, I'm dying to see, uh, who they get And And signing day is coming up the second signing day. It's a lot less, uh, a lot less fireworks than it used to be. Um, but that's coming up. Uh, I will release, uh, projected beta rank, hopefully the day after signing day. Um, so beta rank projections for the 2019 football season um, should be out. So that'll be fun. We'll definitely talk about that. 
Snap, that'll be awesome. And then stay tuned for, we still have a few more things to talk about too, but stay tuned for the Rick and Rick show. And they're going to talk about uh, signing day. So they'll do a special podcast specifically focused on that, bringing out some of those players that they did a good job. Uh, the last time, and I will not be on that one to uh, just to espouse idiocy uh, <laughs> because they did such a good job uh, breaking that stuff down. So it'll be nice to hear them. A um, couple more points here, Rob. Shout out to the C team, the C team who uh, made a just a beautiful, one of the most heart-wrenching comebacks in the history of sports gambling was started out our bowl pool like two and 15 and, and came back and won the bowl pool. <laughs> like he, he ended up going like 15 for 20 of the last games. It was crazy. Um, so he won tickets to any Arizona basketball game and he chose to, he lives in Los Angeles. We got him tickets to the UCLA game and he met Bill Walton. <laughs> like he has, he sent me pictures of him and his, his wife with Bill Walton down on the court. So really glad. That's an amazing deal. Like, yeah, man. Um, we're going to tweet out the pictures, a couple of them, you know, we won't, we won't only the good ones, C team, only the good ones, uh, but we'll tweet a couple of those out, but like really, really glad that he was able to do something that I even haven't done yet, which is meet Bill Walton. Um, that guy is just the best. So congratulations to you. Hope you enjoy the game. Despite the beatdown. it seemed like they had a good time. So we just wanted to mention that. And then Rob, so we had a number of people respond to our survey that we had put online and kind of did a bat signal for, for, uh, for, so thank you to everybody who responded to that. Um, just kind of wanted to walk through a couple of the basic uh, ideas that have come out of this. We, we'll, if, if you're new to the podcast, basically what we did is we did a little survey monkey survey. There's only five questions on it, asking people, um, hey, t- tell us a little bit about what you think about the podcast, what you think we can inclu- include or change. And I purposely made them open questions so people can kind of say whatever they wanted. Uh, the one thing that, that stood out, Rob, is only one person gave me a, a, a smart-ass comment. So uh, really basically reinforced the fact that I am always right, and there's just one person who trolls me all the time. So <laughs> I was pretty excited about that. Uh, um, so, uh, Rob, I'm just going to run through a couple of these here. First, first of all, a the vast majority, like 75% of our listeners, thought that an hour was about long enough. Um, shout out to the one person who thought that it was too short, <laughs> but everybody else thought it was either uh, just about right or a little too long. So we're going to try to keep things to an hour just to make sure that we're not going too long here. Um, when it comes to football and basketball coverage, Rob, there, there's a couple main things that first came out. The first was that listeners want us to interview more guests, particularly like we had a lot of requests for interviews of guests. Some of them were for Arizona, but the majority of them were actually interviewing other people from, from other teams. And we, did that more in the we did that this year but in the past years we did that a lot more rob and i think we're going to bring that back yeah and i think that'd be great i mean it, it does give you a view of, of not only what the other team is uh what they're good at but what do they think about arizona too what, what worries them no, absolutely. And it's fun to talk with them about some of the players that they really like. So a good example was when we went rob and uh, not rob when adam and ronnie interviewed the guys from uh, I think it was Taylor Magnum's brother has a BYU podcast and they were interviewing them. They highlighted a couple guys on defense that definitely passed my, uh, passed over my radar so it was nice to kind of watch them and of course those players ended up doing quite well. The second thing was that uh, folks were either really liked the um, the gambling portion or were ambivalent about it. There was nobody that basically said, ah, oh, the gambling part sucks, get rid of it. It was either, hey, I really dig the gambling stuff or, hey, the gambling stuff is fine, but um, I'd like more Arizona coverage. So I kind of wanted to walk through that with you, Rob, because with the 
Wildcat Radio portion, what we were trying to do was give you an Arizona show first. And then if you wanted to stick around and learn about the Pac-12 and if you're interested in gambling, here's that second portion of the show. We try to split it in two. But it looks like we might have to rework that a little bit. Yeah, and it's something we're definitely open to. Uh, to doing is, is maybe even splitting it off. We do try to stay cognizant even with the gambling portion of keeping it to an hour, um, both because we value your time and we value our time. <laughs> and there's actually only so many things you could do uh, talking about. We're not going to ram- ramble off about our favorite movies or something like that um, most of the time. But the uh, I, I, I think that there is there's, there is something there. I, I do think that, that we definitely in covering the entirety of the pac 12 it definitely gives us a something that when arizona is playing someone next i definitely know exactly what to talk about um and 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 what's going on and 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 i think that that in itself is important um so it's not something that would just we would just sort of go away from entirely but um it may be packaged differently yeah definitely gets me more focused on the teams as Arizona plays. And I think Utah was a really good example where that defense was really nasty and we knew it was nasty. And we were like, how on earth is Arizona going to play in this game? Um, and, and, but sometimes we got it wrong. Like I thought Oregon was going to destroy us. Um, but even then, one of the things that you kept pushing back on is like, Hey Brian, this Oregon team isn't that good. Now I think we both thought they were going to win because Arizona was playing. I thought, I thought Oregon was going to win, but I, I kept pushing back that this Oregon offense had been sort of, you know, falling down as the as the season went on. I and mean, really, the high point was that Washington came, um, and then after that, like that offense didn't play very well. Um, and the, the Arizona game was far and away their worst game. But. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was uh, uh, it was fun to watch because we I was there watching that game with, oh, the, yeah. with some folks. Now the the thing to keep in mind is, so so I think what we're I guess what we're trying to say is that we're going to do a portion of that, but I just don't know where it's going to be. And if you're a fan of of us covering the rest of the Pac-12 or if you're a gambling fan, it's certainly going to be on the 12-pack radio podcast, which is, Rob, a podcast that you and I do that focuses more on the Pac-12. So if you're not a subscriber of that, just know that it's going to be a little different this year. So do that. You can follow us on on, Twitter. Twitter at 12 pack radio, you one, two PAC radio, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google play. If you want to focus on Arizona, we'll definitely still focus on Arizona. But I thought that was interesting because I wasn't quite certain what people were going to think of it. And it seems like, Hey, you know, if you, if you dig that, there's going to be a place for that. If you, you know, want a little bit more Arizona stuff, we, we can fiddle around on that front. I think the other thing Rob was more focused on the details of Arizona basketball. And uh, just so you guys can just appreciate what we're doing. First of all, both of us are employed uh, full time and both of us have children <laughs> at our house. So, like we're trying. And I just watched 45 minutes of ball screen videos for you. Um, but it was funny because as I was watching like this ball screen clinic, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is basically everything that I learned when I play basketball. Like, I, yes, yeah, yeah. You, you can split you can split the things you watch, you breaks and all that stuff. But um, there are some videos, Rob, that that I'm looking up right now that actually break down the play calling of different college basketball teams that I know have good offenses because I'm watching Arizona and I could tell like I know there's something wrong and there's been something wrong for a little while um, it, because when I watch the other team when I watch Michigan's offense I'm like that is like even if they're not efficient they're moving they're screening they're doing stuff that like their play calls out of timeouts are coherent um, 
and so there are some videos on those types of programs. And so we're going to look into that and do a little bit more research on uh, not just saying, hey, this offense is kind of a mess to, hey, this, this is why the offense probably can improve. And I think we've been doing that on the football front. So I, I am we are going to make a concerted effort to try to shift that over to basketball as well. We, we are not going to lie to you. We are far better foot i mean i run an advanced stat system on football <laughs> <laughs> i have all the data on all the games for every football game played for ncaa football so by god we can get in the weeds but <laughs> it's yeah it's it is something that it, it we definitely are 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 so committed to football that um we have we did we did not pick up on basketball season really until football season was over so um we are we are we are going we're going to be in the pac-12 tournament uh in vegas um i think brian has tweeted this out but like um if, if you're going look us up if you're not going um you know like send send like you know starbucks gift cards to our hotel um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like it, we 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 are we're we're going to be far more in depth, I think, uh, on on basketball uh, here on out to the end of the Pac-12. I would say, like in the coming months, like give me give me some time, Rob. Yeah. Like give me some time. Uh, oh, you know, one thing, one more thing, Rob, that people mentioned, I forgot to mention, is the recruiting. Um, so there is, there definitely was, like a, I would say, a third or fourth of the people that had had written in and stuff had talked about recruiting. It is like, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And I think Rick and Rick doing the, um, the signing day podcast and trying to put more of a focus on people that have, um, committed, we can do that. I think the one thing that we run into on recruiting is like, it's just, it is difficult to cover high school sports. Well, most, I mean, I don't, most people that cover recruiting tend to cover, recruiting in depth and that's really what they do in depth um like we we cover football in depth basketball in depth it's hard to also cover recruiting in depth and i and i think that that um is something it's something that brian and i talk about i mean like when we're shooting the breeze before we start it's often in conversation about trying to find ways to better cover recruiting efficiently. Um, and it is time. I and mean, I think, a lot, I think what a lot of people want is not just coverage of recruits that have committed to Arizona, but recruits who may commit and who's on visits and things like that. And it's not that we don't want to provide that. That's, that is, that's just getting to that level. is a, a big, big commitment. Um, and it, most of most of the, the folks that do cover that to that level are, are running pay sites that are specialized in recruiting. Yeah, I would love like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't love it. Um, I could it would it could be it would be nice to be able to take more time and, and pour more time into the podcast and recruiting and all that stuff. But like here, here's the deal that we need to have with our listeners right now, Rob, is that <laughs> <laughs> um, so. A lot. I mean, people were asking for a lot of stuff that's going to require more time, and and I think that you and I and some of the other members of the podcast and and I'm we're open to bringing on other people to help out. But with with all that said, if we're going to do this, you need to share it. Like that's that's the biggest pushback I I have right now. It's where if we're releasing a podcast, it's great that you download it. I'm glad you like it. I know a lot of people interact with us on Twitter and that's great and on Facebook, but you're not sharing the podcast with other people. So, if we don't have more people listening, then there's really no area for us to grow. So, 
like we're committed to doing some of this stuff, but I, I might actually even tie it to like, all right, we're, <laughs> we are committed to doing these things, but I need y'all to like, to share this 20 times or feel like, so just know that I'm tooling with that. So be prepared for it and just know that it's in earnest. It's not, um, it's not an ego thing. Like, again, we, we both have jobs that we, we enjoy. Um, but if we're like, I do like, we do have to sacrifice family time to do this stuff. And so if I'm going to sacrifice more family time, there needs to be some, like, I, I can't just be, you know, a tree falling in the forest. We have a decent listenership. It's more, more than most of the podcasts that cover Arizona, um, if not all of them. But it, it still is, you know, it, it, we, we, need a li- we need a little something on the, <laughs> we need a little, yeah, I mean, we need a little, I don't know. Go ahead. There's, room, there's room for growth. And we, like, we are, and I want to say, like, this is, and this is true, like, we're, we're committed to continuing to put a good product out there. Um, but it is it is it is something that like would we we don't we're not constantly hitting people up of like you know like you like we're not we're not NPR doing membership drives all the time, yeah. <laughs> if you will. So think of this as the membership drive, right? Yeah. Like um, you know like we're we we do want to continue. Like I mean, and I like that college football data. I I, I pay for that data out of my own pocket. Um, I rent out a server on Google's cloud to to, to crunch that data on. Um, you know, like that, that, that is something, I mean, this is my own little side passion project, I guess, but like we, there, there, there's a time commitment to the, to, and to putting together something that's not just like, I'm not just running out a bunch of numbers that I put together, like in some Excel spreadsheet. And I'm like, here guys, look at this. Like, this is, I mean, I do data science for a living. You're get like, you get the benefit of like what I do professionally, um, thrown at college football for fun. Um, and that I think is, like we do provide a good product and like we, we know that there are ways that it could be better. And we, Brian and I talk about it all the time. (laughs) And, and part of it too is like, if you are, and I said like, if you are really passionate about Arizona recruiting and like you, uh, you know, like you feel like you're and and would be willing to to step up and, and and cover some of this, like we are more than willing to talk to you about it. Um, and hear what you have to say and, and, you know, and, and read some examples of your writing. Like it's, it's definitely something that we, we know that there's an opportunity there for. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good point. So if, if you're interested in helping out, there are two things that I definitely need. The first is a commitment to actually doing it right. Like, so the one thing I can't have is somebody uh, like that we're bringing on that's new that, Oh yeah, I'll definitely help out. And then when we like, all right, great. Like if you're going to write a weekly article, do it. Um, and then not doing it. And, and that, so that just drives me nuts. Right. Cause I'm depending on that kind of stuff. I think the second thing is, um, is just shoot me. Like if you want to write, like, give me a writing sample and I can check it out. I can work with you. My wife is a, uh, an English major and was, was a journalist. Like I was talking to, to Rob before we recorded, like I basically spent five years in DC smoking and drinking with, uh, with journalists from Washington, DC, like all of the time. And so, and I write, uh, in my job a lot. I actually produce a lot of stuff so I could actually help you get to a point where you can just boom, you, like you can just put stuff up on the site. So all that to say, like, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob. If you're interested in helping out the podcast and helping us like increase coverage or interview people, or I, I don't know, there's, there's definitely, there's some space for that. And, uh, we would certainly welcome it. Uh, that's it. I think that's all we have, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we covered a lot of ground <laughs> in this pod. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, that like, so we, but we have, I mean, beyond just covering like stuff, like we have a bunch of, we have some interesting stuff coming out that's new and different in the next couple of weeks. We covered on a little bit, the article about the NCAA and the FBI investigation. We have signing day coming up. We have beta rank projections coming out. Um, and we still have more Pac-12 basketball coming too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, so- lot, there's a lot going on. That that in the Pac-12 tournament uh, as well. So, all right, guys. Well, th- well, thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for letting us uh, kind of go through some of these answers. It's been good. It's been really good. And I think, like, everybody in the podcast appreciated taking a look at that. Um, we will catch you all next week.